Hello, and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Nada Khan, and I'm one of the associate editors of the BJGP. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to this podcast. In today's episode, we talk to Dr. Shoba Dawson, a senior research fellow within the School of Medicine and Population Health at the University of Sheffield. Today, we're going to discuss an interesting paper about patient behaviour she's published here in the BJGP titled Understanding Non-Recreational Prescription Medication Sharing Behaviours, a Systematic Review. Thanks, Shoba, for joining us here today to talk about this study. Um, Sharing medications is a patient behaviour that I suspect many clinicians have encountered when they speak to their patients, so it's great to see this research looking at it further. But tell us a bit more about what you mean here by medication sharing and why it's an important area to research. Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me here today. So um, prescription medication sharing refers to either borrowing someone else's uh, medication for their personal, you know, for your personal use as such, or loaning some of your medication to someone else for their uh, use as such. So here we are typically referring to sharing of medication for non-recreational purposes as such. So quite often, um, sharing of medication can lead to unintended consequences such as uh, adverse drug reaction, or it can also um, lead to masking of symptoms and also progression of a particular condition as such. So that means that, you know, there's a delay in help-seeking behavior because you have borrowed the medication and you're feeling okay. That means that the condition then progresses a lot more than what you would anticipate. So given that, uh, you know, these issues are fairly common and quite often what happens is that patients don't necessarily tell the healthcare professionals that they have um, loaned or borrowed some of their medication. So which means that doctors are uh, unable to adequately help and support patients. Yeah, absolutely. So what you did here was a standard systematic review of the literature, looking at research to understand more about the kinds of medications that were shared and who people share them with, just to understand this a bit better, and some of the risks involved, as you've just highlighted. Um, And your review included 19 papers of fairly reasonable quality. And just coming on to the findings, what kind of medications were most commonly shared between people um, in the papers coming up in this review? So all 19 studies reported uh, medication sharing, um, but um, only uh, 17 of the 19 talked about which medications were specifically shared. So two of them did not report and painkillers were the most commonly shared ones which came out in 15 of the 19 studies, followed by antibiotics, which was in 12 of the studies, and then it was allergy medication. Um, And then people talked about loaning or borrowing antidepressants, contraceptives uh, or sedatives, uh, medications for like uh, skin problems and uh, like, you know, such as eczema or acne, um, et cetera, and then asthma medication and blood pressure medication. And I think if I'm not mistaken, only one paper talked about sharing medication that was to do with cardiovascular disease. Mm, that's quite a range of different medications. So things like painkillers, you might expect people to share, but other medications such as antidepressants or antibiotics, that's slightly more concerning, especially if, as you say, it's masking symptoms or potentially patients are having issues that aren't being brought to the attention of their GP. 
Um, 100% it is a problematic area and also as you have uh, noticed from the review there's not there's hardly any studies from the UK as such so you have one study from Ireland which was done with college students or university students as such uh, but beyond that we don't really know very much about um, you know this the prevalence of this behavior or why people tend to loan or borrow medication and also whether it happens in the short term as a one-off or if it is a recurring uh, behavior as well. I think one interesting aspect of this review is that I think we can easily think about some of the risks of medication sharing, um, but you also highlight some of the benefits here. So can you talk us through that? Because it's just a different way of thinking about this issue, I think, in, in practice. Yeah, definitely. Um, what's interesting from uh, going through the 19 studies is that most of them talked about perceived benefits of sharing medication rather than perceived risks of sharing medication. Uh, in fact, only uh, four studies in total uh, discussed both risks and benefits of um, sharing um, as such. Um, so, for example, motivations for sharing was quite often to do with cost um, so that people don't have to, people can avoid costs associated with getting prescriptions. So seven of the 19 studies reported this. And then when you look at inability to access the service um, as and when it was needed, so that was something that was reported in five of the studies. And then sometimes you know, participants just did not want to see a healthcare professional. Again, that would that was reported in five more studies. Quite often, people felt that um, benefits included, you know, uh, improvement to their own um, health as such, saving time and money um, as well. Uh, in addition to the cost side of things, and then only four studies which talked about like the risk side of things talked, um, you know, discussed. Things like, um, you know, adverse drug reactions or um, misdiagnosis, or they talked about uh, detrimental effects in terms of um, their interpersonal relationships. Um, also uh, related to the motivation side of things was also the opportunities for loaning or borrowing as such. Um, so people talked about how it was convenient quite often to loan or borrow medication or sometimes like, you know, the individual, they had like unused medications. So that meant that it was quite uh, easy or quite often it was just that the other person had similar problem or condition. So again, that was another reason for people to loan and borrow it. Um, and then finally, you looked at some of the predictors of medicine sharing within this review. So what did you find here? Um, so the predictors that you're referring to is looking at non-modifiable risk factors. So this is mainly to do with the demographic side of things. So with that, what we found was that it was people who are uh, of younger age, females, and who had like asthma mainly, and who often had unused medicine stored at home. Um, so they were the ones um, who often tended to loan or borrow medications a lot more. Uh, that said and done, this type of information in the studies that we included was so far and few in between. Um, the quality of information was really uh, low, so therefore we couldn't really make any meaningful comparisons uh, in terms of both modifiable and non-modifiable risk factors as such. So that is something that we definitely need to develop a better understanding of um, really in order for us to then be able to support with development of effective interventions to mitigate unsafe sharing of uh, medicines as such.
Mm. Any other key findings you want to highlight coming out of this review? Yeah, so one of the interesting thing was when you look at it from an inclusivity perspective, uh, there wasn't very much information out there from describing the study population as such. And this is a massive issue generally from a systematic review perspective as well. So there are tools that are being developed, such as Progress Plus, which has been in existence for a while. Um, currently, there is another tool called Pro EDI, which is being developed, which um, you know will be uh, rolled out um, sometime um, later this year, which they then expect systematic reviewers to use so that they can adequately talk about where the health equity issues lie. Um, we know that people from ethnic minority groups often tend to experience poorer health outcomes in comparison to the white majority population. Um, and also due to access related issues and also history of mistrust and distrust in healthcare services and also in healthcare professionals, it might be that they might be um, loaning or borrowing medicines, but we don't really have adequate information to draw those type of conclusions as such. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really important to highlight that, especially given the lack of uh, diversity in the in the samples of the papers included here. Um, but I wanted to move to the discussion where you acknowledge that it's going to be difficult to completely stop medicine sharing, especially when sometimes sharing medicines can have benefits. But if you wanted to send one message to GPs about what they could be doing about medicine sharing or what they should know about it, what would it be? Um, I think it would be actually asking patients whether they actually engage in this behavior. Um, so from the conversations we have had with healthcare professionals so far, be it GPs or pharmacists, what we find is that it's often patients who disclose that sort of information in passing or if they go on to request for a particular drug to be prescribed to them, then they, that's how then the GP or the pharmacist finds out really that um, they have engaged in some sort of loaning or borrowing behavior. So I appreciate that times for the GP consultation is quite limited. But if we have some way to capture this information, I think that'll be really helpful because Without having such information, we won't really know how many cases of adverse drug reaction then take place in a secondary care setting, for instance. Um, again, in those spaces, I don't think those kind of questions often get asked. So that means that quite often we don't necessarily know what the underlying cause is for um, such reactions, I suppose. so. And I think it's important for us to have a record of this information to then be able to find out exactly the extent to which this particular kind of behavior could potentially be problematic. But I think it also needs to be done in a very sensitive way so that uh, it's not very judgmental because in some situations it can be life-saving um, as well. So I think it's about striking that balance. And I know that some people might typically ask patients, you know, are you taking anything over the counter so this might be just another question to add to that arsenal of questioning around medication. So yeah, great. That's been a really great discussion. And um, I think that's a great place to wrap things up. So I just wanted to say thanks very much for your time and speaking to us about this project. Thank you for having me. And thank you all very much for your time here and for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research can be found on bjgp.org and the show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. 
Thanks again and bye.